right, welcome back, everybody, to this week's edition of American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week. And it is, uh, let's see, September the 3rd, 2015. And I'm talking today with uh, Mr. Mark Cantrell of the Legends and Champions Report. How are you doing today, Mark? Doing good. Thank you very much, Dan. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. Not too shabby. It's... Uh, we're getting some of that Arizona weather up here now, <laughs> where it's just hot all the time. Well, that's that's nice for a change, isn't it? Yeah, it is actually. It's a it's a break from the from the snow that we get all the time. So I'm not complaining. Well, we get we're getting ready to go into our cold season, so we'll be all the way down to 80 degrees, I guess. Whoa. I know. Is that that's terrible to think of. People having to suffer through eighty like that—that's uh, man, the 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 uh, humanity. Oh God. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Um, lots we of got, uh, Scott. I, I think Scott Frost is going to join us later on as well, Dave. Oh so. yeah, really cool, excellent, Mister Frost. Uh, you know, making that run uh, for the Moscone Cup here in the last uh, fleeting hours of the contest. So yeah, that'll be cool to talk to him. Um, before we get into it, uh, there's a couple other pieces of news we should probably go over. And, uh, the first one I was going to share with you was uh, a little bit about the International Q Collector show that just went on this past weekend. Um, yeah, we didn't have a show last week, uh, and uh, didn't realize it until... I spoke to you, and you said, I'm on my way to the Q Collector show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, loaded up the truck and moved to Beverly. You know, uh, it was um, it was pretty cool, really. Uh, Will Prout is a, a great event organizer. Um, it's always, everything runs smoothly every time, and uh, I've never heard a single person ever say anything otherwise. Um, yeah, so we packed up. And made this road trip out there. It was uh, it was pretty fantabulous. Um, the weather was nice for uh, you know for us when we went. Um, and you know, I was there. I you know I got the privilege of sort of having this behind the scenes look at it. Um, and so I was there for some of the meetings and some of the different uh, events that were going on for the collectors and the cue makers. And it was really pleasant experience the the guys are so funny that is the cue makers and the collectors because they're all so very different in their own personalities you know they're these little characters but uh they all have sort of a single-minded vision uh, of uh, the skill and the art of it and i think that everybody kind of understands that in that group and so that it's it what it's what's bringing them together and um I don't know. It's a really admirable brotherhood <laughs> to get to see these guys all interacting together. And the show itself is no less than amazing. Uh, I don't know how much experience you have, Mark, with um, the custom-made cues and the specialty cues and these other um, uh, you know, high-grade, high-quality pieces of work, but wow. They are, uh, I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not a Q guy. I'm, I've never been a Q guy. I've said this before. I don't have, I've said it on the show or um, on uh, maybe on the forums on AZ Billions. 
but I've I, somehow not not been a Q guy. I've I've been in a couple of positions that would make Q guys, you know, excited. Uh, and that was I spent uh, sometimes spent a couple of days uh, with uh, Richard Black. Yeah, um, and uh, I've been in his shop. He showed me his whole collection that he has. He has a collection for his uh, wife. He makes a queue every year for his wife, mm. and that's uh, kind of her uh, insurance policy or something. You know, <laughs> life insurance. Is. No, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, these things. He's uh, not being a queue guy. Absolutely, the, the craftsmanship and uh, creativity is a down there. It really is. Uh, really, really beautiful stuff. And uh, Pete Tonkin as well. I spent time with Pete Tonkin in uh, Willow Creek, California, like middle of Humboldt County, and being in his shop. And he does some great stuff. And uh, Don Owen, uh, the mm-hmm. one of the owners of OBQs, yep. he's got a nice collection. He's got a Route 66 queue yes, that is does. a map of Route 66 with inlaid silver. Yep. And stars, you're going around showing the whole of uh, Route 66. And I think that mainly the reason I'm, I'm not a cute guy is I, I do have a, 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 a absolute admiration for what these guys do. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I can't afford to be that guy. <laughs> I can't afford to be a cute collector, <laughs> basically. I've got enough vices, I've got enough places my money goes without uh, being hooked on uh, buying yeah, yeah, I mean, they get up there. I mean, we're talking about we can get up to a hundred thousand dollars, right? Oh yeah, some of them, some of them, yeah, have been known to do that. That's true. They're they're well, and because you know, and I'm not defending anybody's price scale, but I will say this because I because I, I couldn't tell you accurately accurately what it should or shouldn't be, but I will tell you that uh, there's no if you look into the time involved and the effort involved and the the tedium just dealing with little bitty pieces of things and the tolerances that they're working with if you you know could put a number on the all the time and effort and the skill and everything that it takes to make some of these things it would be getting up into those numbers because uh, some of them are just absolutely mind-blowing some of the, <laughs> the work that they do it really is uh, and right. i mean they're beautiful and you could pick any one of them up and and run a rack with it i mean these are not just uh you know show pieces that you would want to hang on a wall these are beautiful pieces of functional uh pull cues you know it's uh, <laughs> well, i guess all we can hope all we can hope for that side of the industry the Q-maker side and the, you know, the, the passion and everything else is that we get some young people. We keep talking about getting younger people involved in pools. Maybe yeah. some younger people need to be getting involved in making cues and looking and spending time with some of these craftsmen who've been doing it for right. years and years and years and years. Right. And learning from them, doing almost like an apprenticeship, exactly. you know, exactly. on how to do things. Um, but... Um, yeah, hopefully, I think it's a good. I think it's a good event. Never been to one, but it's a it, like like you said, it's a, it's a almost becoming a lost art, maybe. So. It, you know what? It really is, um, it, 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 and that's something that uh, some of the guys talked about this year is that they were, they were, well, I mean, they were discussing you know what happens in the future. You know, will this where will these things get passed on, et cetera, et cetera. 
it would be interesting to talk to them to see if they would be willing to do some sort of an apprenticeship, like you said, some apprenticeship programs where they could work with some of these guys because, uh, you know, there is a need for the skill to stay. You, you know, you can't um, just turn everything over in the world to machines. There's still value right. for people to hand make stuff. So, uh, you know, right. it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. Plus, you know, I, like I was talking about before, the the meeting of these minds is something that you just have to witness with your own eyes if you ever get, if you ever get a chance to. It's it's funny. Uh, you know, this is not like a BCA expo or the super billiards expo where you're not going to get a million people walking through there. It's a little bit more intimate. Uh, it's a little bit less crowded, but, uh, nonetheless, you have a room full of the world's most insane collectors and the most insane Q makers that there is when I, when I say, when I mean insane, I mean the guys that are, they live, eat, and breathe this stuff. And they all, like I mentioned earlier, they all have their little personalities. It's it's absolutely entertaining to to uh, deal with some of these guys. Ernie was so cordial and so knowledgeable, but he was decked out in this suit. Man, he looked like uh, a cross between Antonio Banderas and, like, the most interesting man in the world, <laughs> Paul Drexler. Paul Drexler. Uh, he had this. Uh, he always has this like uh, a suit on, but he takes the jacket off and doesn't have a tie. So he always looks like this guy that just got off of work from some sort of mad scientist job where he's uh, dreaming up and scheming. And and uh, uh, oh gosh, uh, Victor Stein was there. He's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant man. Um, but he's got this really cute pointed beard and he's kind of short in stature. You could totally see him with like a wizard hat on, uh, you know, me, Mr. Billiard wizard over there. Um, Denny Glenn was there. The, Den the, the Glenn family has a collection mark that you just, it's one of those, if we told you we would have to kill you kind of collections, uh, Cues owned by famous people from the world over, and uh, it. But they're all these, like you know, everybody from Donald Trump to the guy that just walked in on the street, can all appreciate the unreal amount of work that goes into these things. So the everybody in their own little, you know, despite their all their eccentricities. <laughs> all have one thing in common. They're all there looking at the cues going, wow, I can't even believe the stuff that we're looking at. This is absolutely amazing. Everybody there is a ball to deal with. Um, it's, if you, it's something, it, you, if you haven't seen the show, put it on your list. Put it on your bucket list because you have to go see one of these things. It's absolutely thrilling to, to do it. And again, I want to thank Will. Talking about, oh, go ahead. No, I would just was just gonna th before I shut up. Wanted to thank Will again for uh, putting it together. Um, CSI is a big sponsor. Uh, Tweeting is a big sponsor. Um, they got us out there to do that and do, and to display our antiques collection that we had there too. 
Um, that was a lot of fun uh, interacting with the people with the um, collection from the Chicago Billiard Museum. Um, we uh, were able to get our hands on um, Willie Hoppy's personal scrapbook to display it at the show. So uh, we had a really awesome time sharing that with everybody else too. So anyway, thanks to everybody, uh, Tom and uh, Waters and everybody else that was involved in it, all the cue makers, all the collectors. Thanks for, for taking the time to come out and uh, to all the people that showed up to greet and meet and check it all out. Thanks to you too. And I'll, that's all I'm going to say about it <laughs> because you guys are probably going to sleep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the five minute segment uh, turned into twenty minutes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I uh, yeah. I know you you enjoy this stuff, so yeah. So that's uh, you get excited about it. It was really special. Um, it really was. Sorry, I had to just I had to okay. give props where props to. So, what else is going on in the pool world? Uh, you know, Mark, that the uh, World Cup of Pool is is coming up here right around the corner. Yep. Yeah, actually, what's coming up first is the uh, World Nine Ball. Oh, yes. I, they, that, that World Nine Ball starts uh, September 7th, so in four days. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, yep. And uh, Doha, which is uh, the United Arab Emirates. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm not really sure what kind of um, representation the USA has there. Um, I, I believe that uh, Shane Van Borning is going to be there. He's he's wanting to snap off that world title, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I I really don't know of uh, any other American off the top of my head that is going to this. It's very expensive to go. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot of Europeans. Niels Fyre, who won last year, uh, he's going to be there. Uh, Dawson Holman's going to be there. Um, you know, the, the, uh, Cole Ping-Yi of uh, China, that's uh, sorry, China, Ta- Taiwan, it's Taiwan, is, is going to be there as well. But it, that's a that's a tough one to win. 128 um, entries, you know, and, and field 128 yeah. and you go through group sections. And, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was it goes from this. Um, I'm looking here on the uh, is the billions. It goes seven seventh to the eighteenth. So, you know, eleven days. Wow, that's um, yeah, that's a lot of pool. If you get into some of the final ranks, you know, that's a days and days and <laughs> days and days of it. And like you said, there is going to be some of the the very best on the planet are going to be there. That is going to be a hellacious field to work through. Shane, well, uh, there's a lot of people there that I always say there's people there that we know like Shane and like uh, Darren Appleton and Thorsten Holman and Niels Fyre. But this, uh, uh, I know if the Cole brothers are, are playing, but there's a lot of monsters out there that we don't even know their names. Right. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. We don't even know their names. Uh, Alvin Ocean, uh, I think, will be out there. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough one to win, and you know, obviously, anybody who wins it is well deserving of of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, we're going to keep our fingers crossed for Shane because, uh, you know, obviously he's our representative. But, uh, yeah, wow. That's going to be uh, 100% hard to do. So, yeah. And after that, they step right out of uh, that, the competition in Doha to um, Europe for the World Cup. Go get their um, yep. get their game on there. That's at, uh, that starts on I believe the twenty second of September. And wow, I mean, you want to talk about a star studded field? <laughs> There's uh, woo wee. You've got. I, I don't have a playlist. I know. Um, I think defending champions are Carl Boys and Down Appleton. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shane and uh, Mike DeShane will be uh, uh, playing with each other. It's going to sound bad almost. They'll, they'll be on the same team, mm-hmm. and Team USA. Um, I don't know about anybody else in the other. Who's, do, you, do you have a list of teams? No, I don't really. Um, you know, I was looking at some of the information on it, and um, I'm not looking at a list of the teams. So I'm gonna get. I'm gonna take a wild guess. Uh, that would be a, uh, probably a, a, a good chance. Would be Holland. Uh, Holland are good. Uh, and, and, and just a guess. I'm gonna say it's Neil Spyan and Nick Vandenberg will be playing, and which they they can beat anybody. Germany, but maybe Thorsten Holman and uh, Ralph Suke. Yep. 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 Yeah. I'm looking at it now. Yes. Yeah, they got the work cut out from. Let me tell you that much right now. I mean, you've got the the just <laughs> everybody in the world that you can be afraid of that you don't want to play. <laughs> from Daryl and Mark to Mika and Petrie to Thorsten and Ralph, Niels, Nick, um, Marcus Shamat, who is Shamat, who's not anything to sneeze at. Jason Klatt, John Mora, uh, geez, um, who else? Lots of, you know, Kiamko, Beato, Pino, Ko, Pino, Yi, sorry. And uh, it, just, it the, the death list just goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, great, it's a great field of uh, players. Yeah, it really is. They're also playing doubles. Yeah. You know, Scotch doubles. That does put, uh, you, you've got to know who you're playing with. Mm-hmm. Pretty good to, I would say that you've got to know them pretty good, but at the end of the day, they all know what they're doing. Well, you know, yeah, right. leave the partner the best shot possible. Right. And uh, you feel the problem comes in if your partner's left-handed. Yeah. And you're right-handed, and you're playing a shot, for, you know, a certain way, and it makes it difficult for them, but, uh, you know. Uh, obviously, there's an advantage to uh, being, uh, you know, knowing knowing each other. Yeah, yeah. There's no substitute for that, right? For that team dynamic, that would make all the difference in the world if you get in your and your groove together there for it, you know. So, uh, yeah, they got their work cut out for them again for that one too. Shane's gonna be battling it out two times. Yep. I'm good. It's, uh, you know what? The next thing is coming up. Well, the, after that is the U.S. Open. Yeah. Um, but right now there's a race uh, for the Moscone Cup. 
And uh, what I'd like to do is try and get Scott Frost on the phone because he's been up there the whole way. He's been in all of the events so far. Yeah. And uh, I know he is uh, he's waiting for our call. So, yeah. Um, Gibbs- shall I uh, give him a quick call? Shall we take yes. a break? Yes, we can do that. We will uh, be right back with Scott Frost right after this. Hi, I'm Scott Lee. And I'm Randy G. And welcome to the One Minute Pool Instructor. So, you, you mentioned last time that we're going to talk a little about a, probably one of our best friends, Scott, is Gary Benson. Well, he's been around a long time. You know, there was an article in one of the national magazines uh, oh, a little while ago that said, who's the best tournament director in the world? You know, and, and of course, there were some very famous names come out of there, but Gary's name was never mentioned. And, and uh, it just goes to show you those people are not in the know. Uh, Mr. Benson annually handles fifty to 60,000 people in a tournament. I mean, or in tournaments. Right. Um, and has been for decades. Oh, for decades. He's my mentor. He's the one who built the program. Uh, Scott, I'll tell you what's impressive. The last two tournaments I went to, the ACS Nationals in, at the Tropicana in Las Vegas, in the Valley National Tournament at the Valley in Las Vegas, Gary Benson uh, is in charge of both those tournaments. I knew who I was going to play before I arrived in Las Vegas. I knew wow. what table I played on. Um, That's amazing. How, how can you know that kind of a thing? Well, once the, the deadline is in, everything goes into a computer and, and you can download it on your, your phone. Wow. Uh, when I walked in, I punched my name into the computer and it not only showed me all the events I'm playing in, it showed me what times, what tables, and listen to this, it showed me my opponent, well, how my opponent played the last four or five years in the tournament, what league he was from, what state he was from, and, and it, it's amazing. So Gary has taken tournament directing to, to probably the highest level I've seen it, and, and he's done it on both these events. I'm just impressed with it. Well, I know that uh, one of the big gripes from tournament players is not having your match be when it's supposed to be played. Oh, yeah, timing. Getting oh. delayed or cha- times changed uh, without the knowledge of the of the, one of the players. I mean, I've seen people get forfeited because they, they went and wrong checked table their time. Yeah, wrong. So, right. Showed up the wrong time. I don't wrong think table. that happens with the Gary Benson run tournaments. Uh, well, anything can happen. But I know that Gary goes out of his way to make sure you're there, you've traveled this distance, you've paid your money, if you're eligible, you're gonna play the match. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's amazing what he's done for tournament play. Mm-hmm. He is, uh, he's certainly been around pool forever. Yeah, he's and, my mentor, uh, you know. Uh, when uh, He ran the Hubler Cups for years, and I went to him and I said, we've got a chance to be sponsored by McDermott and do the same thing you're doing in a, in a huge uh, fashion. This is the Texas Express Group, and and when we uh, we came out with the Texas Express Nine Ball Rules and McDermott National Nine Ball Tour, and it was for Gary Benson who immediately gave us his first blessing and said, "We need more of this, Randy." Absolutely. So uh, yeah, he's he's my mentor for years. I I actually grew up with him in Minnesota. So wow. Well, he's a uh, he is uh, shining light in the yeah. If we have if we have uh, bright lights. 
uh, and the other ones are good too. Oh yeah. Uh, um, um, but Gary is certainly our shining light in in this this new electronic system of checking in. I mean, we knew days before what time we played, what table we played on, and who we played. That's great. That must be continually updated as the tournament goes on. I would think so. And, wow. and when you win or lose a match, your printout shows you immediately what time you play and, and who you play and what table you play on again. Nice. So it's ongoing. It never stops. I know certainly I myself have waited for the results to show up on the physical board so you know what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and then they got to get right. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm, I'm sure that a pool player, <coughs> a pool player, Scott, you know, we have to check our own <laughs> scores in. So there's mistakes made there. Yeah. But uh, uh, nevertheless, uh, I think uh, kudos have been to these last two tournaments, the, the uh, American Q Sports and the Valley National Eightball Association for Oh, these were two first-class tournaments. Now we're going out to uh, uh, the BCAPL in, in Las Vegas at mm -hmm. the Rio, mm -hmm. and I'm expecting the same thing from uh, Bad Boy Productions. They're top-notch also. Absolutely. So uh, this Mark Griffin character, uh, he's got a first-class organization. And he's been doing a great job for a lot of years. Yes, he has. I think that's uh, about enough for uh, updates on... The national tournament scene—they're oh, great. Uh, let's uh, next week. Let's talk a little bit about this new Atlantic Cup. Oh yeah, the kids, the juniors. Yeah, that's All a right. neat, that's All a right. neat thing. This is Randy G. This is Scott Lee for the One Minute Pool Instructor. We'll see you next week. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We're. Uh, here with uh, Mr. Mark Cantrell of the Legends and Champions uh, Report. And, uh, you know, we started talking about the Mos upcoming Moscone Cup and uh, how it's coming down to the last event. Now, it's it's down to the U, uh, U.S. Open nine ball. And, um, you know, we've got the, the, the top five or so are set in the list of rankings. So this will be the the determining factor. What happens at this uh, at this U.S. Open as far as who's going to get on that team, and uh, who makes good maybe for captain's choice. So we've got also on the line Mr. Scott Frost, and uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. How you doing today, Scott? I'm great, Dave. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Mark. All right. So what's going on with you? Well. Um I just got a call. I was going to do a little interview, and uh, <clears throat> it couldn't be better timing. I've been traveling to each event all year, and it's been a great year. <clears throat> Excuse me. No matter what happens, it's going to continue to be a great year. But uh, I've finished real strong at the beginning of the year at Derby in the in the nine ball, and then I finished well in a bunch of other events. And then coming down to the last three events, I've had a tough road. And um, two events in Las Vegas. My first round was against a great player, Josh Roberts, on the TV table, and I was up nine to six. I was up seven to three, and then nine to six, and ended up losing the match. And really didn't get any type of a shot to win. Things just went against me. I end up coming through the loser side and getting knocked out one out of the money against another great player. Then the exact same thing happens to me in the second event there in Vegas, <laughs> and I just kind of looked up and said, "Man, what, what's happening here?" Uh, that was probably worst-case scenario. And at that point in time, I was tied for second with Justin Bergman in the points. Mm. So Ouch. I was looking in really good position, and then all of a sudden, boom, I get hit with this. 
And then, uh, obviously, Turning Stone. I went to Turning Stone for my first time. Mind you, I've never tried out for the Moscone Cup. I've always been a money player. Everybody knows that. I'm a one-pocket player, but I grew up playing nine ball. That was my first game. So I knew I could play it with the top players. Sure. Coming into Turning Stone, I knew I, was, I, I needed a good performance. And, of course, out of the guys that were in the running, I, I had a, probably, let's just say, the, the most difficult draw, for sure. First round, I played Ernesto Dominguez. I got fortunate and beat him 9-1. to one. Then I beat another real good player in, in Hendricks, is his name. I beat him 9-3. to three. And then I played Jason Shaw. Mm. And uh, I was down 3-0. to zero. I make it 3-3. Three to three, And I basically got a couple kick shots. He beat me 9-3. to three. Now I go straight to the loser side. I play uh, Josh Ulrich. And then I've got to play Johnny Archer. Uh, Johnny Johnny had me six to I was up three to one. Then he makes it six to four. Then I tie it up seven to seven. I break make three balls and basically have no shot. I try to over. I cut the two ball. I overcut it. Hung it up. There's five balls left on the table, and he breaks and runs out. Beats me nine to seven. He runs out there. Beats me nine to seven. <laughs> I did make some points there, and I did make it into the money, but. Um, it was uh, it was pretty. Jeez, you you got you got like a photographic memory or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember pretty much. I remember pretty much every match I play. I'm going back a long time since the first tournament. So, but I don't want to bore you guys with details. But that's pretty much what's happened to me in the last three events. And uh, don't worry, I think about it every day because my dream and goal is to make Team USA. And I felt anytime I put my mind to something, I usually get it done. There you go. There you go. Well, here's the thing: it's 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 a little it's a little closer with the points than I think some people believe. Somebody had put a speculation out there of how many where everybody had to place in order to uh, make the top three, right? Uh, and Right now, I'm looking at it. Obviously, Shane, he just he just ran away with it. He's he's a he's a done deal. But you got uh, Mike Shane at 46, Corey Duell at 45, right? Skyler at 41, and then there's uh, Justin Bergman and you are at 34 and 35. Now you're at 34. There's no, I, I mean. If, if you do any kind of a show and Corey sucks, you could be right up now in that spot. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's a chance yeah. of it. It, it, it. I think this is a little bit closer than it appears. And, it, and right. as we know, as we know, you can go to a tournament and, and just not be feeling it, or you can go to a tournament and just feel like you're in the zone. And, of course. And there's no stopping you. Uh, well, it all, it all starts out, sorry, Mark, but it all starts out as, uh, for us top players, it all usually starts out with a draw. I mean, let's be honest, if, if you're going to a major event and you get a draw where you can't get rolling, uh, you know, it's just top player, top player, top player, top player. Sooner or later, in that type of field, the snake is going to bite you. I mean, yes, you're going to play great, and you're going to get through the first one, maybe get lucky the second one, get through that. But sooner or later, the snake's going to bite you. So for a top player, I have to have some type of some type of breathing room just to get going. You know, you, you know, it's nice to have a, a first round kind of a, a oh, I can, match. With, I can barely hear you, Scott. I can.
barely hear you, Scott. Are you talking? Are you on the Bluetooth or something? No, I'm directly on my phone. Okay, there you go. That's much clearer. You must have had a good okay. time with Yeah, I, all I was saying is that it it starts with the draw in the major events. You know, most top players like to have a couple of rounds with less experienced players. You know, so that they can get moving. And and that's what it comes down to, I, I think, in the U.S. Open. Because once I once I get comfortable, and that's like any player, then it doesn't matter who I play. But if the first round I'm playing a Jason Shaw, Darren Appleton, or Shane Van Moening, uh, <coughs> let's be honest, it, it, it's much tougher uh, like that. But the U.S. Open is a great event, and there's a lot of people that go just to play good players. And I'm, I'm just hoping on... Maybe a, a first or second round less experienced player to get me rolling. And then, you know, I'm just going to do the best I can do. Sure. Right. Do you, do you think, um, looking at the top three as they stand right now, you, what you got? You've got, uh, what do we say? We've got Shane, Mike DeShane, and Corey Duell. I'm asking you a tough question here. Do do you think he's going to stay that way? Uh, well, you know, it seems to switch every event. This format and, and this point system, and then uh, this is a... The U.S. Open is a Category 3, right? Mm-hmm. Not sure. Okay, well, I think it's, it's, it's the U.S. Open high, is, is it's the highest point. category you can get. So, it, it all comes down to this. In my opinion, it all comes down to the U.S. Open. You know, uh, I don't think it will. Obviously, I believe Shane will be on top, obviously. I don't think he cannot be on top. But I think it's real possible that second, third place could definitely change. I mean, I certainly feel I've been practicing daily. I've been practicing the break for the U.S. Open. I've been practicing at least an hour a day. I certainly feel like any one of us could come through there and, and make a change, you know. So... I definitely think it could be changed. I don't. I don't think second, third, or locked in stone. That's for sure. Hmm. Right. And then there's obviously the the captains picks that are there. Um, yeah. I try not to think much about that. What What I'm doing, and to be honest with you guys, is I'm not really even looking at the points. I didn't really do that the whole year until it was brought to my attention. Shane Van Boning emailed me a picture of the points, and I was tied for second. But I, I pretty much try to keep it out of my mind. My ultimate goal and focus is just to make the team and be a big part of the team. Uh, if, if I make it, then the points will do the talking. Uh, I, I try not to focus, and I'm pretty sure that's with all the players. We know where we're at, but we, I don't think we're trying to focus on the points more than doing the job at hand. Mm-hmm. Right. What, what do you think, Dave? What do you think of what was your opinion of the captain's picks? What What do you think he should do? What hmm. do you think Mark Wilson should do? I mean, it's, it's a tough question because nobody's gotten the real answer, but he's looking for certain criteria, you see. Right. And here's why. I, I mean, I want to... I, I don't like to do this, but I, I feel like I, I need to. I and mean, this is not a propaganda machine for Scott Frost by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Scott, if, if you've seen Scott, or you, if you've seen Scott, Scott, you're pretty intimidating. 
you look you look like a you, you look a bit scary sometimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you I mean you're big and you've got a certain look about you that is, that is like I I don't want to fight this guy, but. You also, I mean, one of the criteria that Mark Wilson is looking for with his plays last year, and I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm imagining this year, is people who are good, um, who do more for Poole as an ambassador, not just, you know, what you've obviously got to be able to play, but right. looking for that type of person. And I know you don't like to talk about this stuff too much. Uh, right. You put a post here and there on the... Uh, on the Facebook of uh, some some things that you do, but you do a lot of stuff with uh, Thick Kit. There's a uh, Hunter Cole that you 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 go around. I mean, today I was trying to get uh, you know you, you're going up getting uh, banners for yeah. I've got an event Saturday for a young man that's 34 years old. He's a single father. He's got liver cancer, and he's probably got less than three months to live. And I turned down the tournament in Beloit so that I could do this for him, because I promised him for a year. He loves Paul. He's a fan of mine. And he's a single father of an adorable eight-year-old little girl. And so at Fort McDowell Casino, I'm holding a big fundraiser Saturday. And I've been working six to eight hours a day to uh, round money up, round product up, and, and just get this done for this kid. Uh, there's there's things that are more important to me in life. I grew up from a good family. I grew up in Des Moines, Iowa, and I did know right from wrong growing up. I rarely get mad. I, I look intimidating because that's my game face in the pool room, and that's what I should have. But uh, I try to help everybody I can because I know uh, I know what it's like. I lost my father to cancer. My mother's sick with cancer right now. A lot of people don't know that. I don't talk about it. But uh, I just try to help. Uh, everybody, obviously, you know, on the Diamond Pool Tour, we put every penny back in for the players. Uh, I, I think that I, I've tried to get other top players on board, and maybe they're doing the right thing by not following me because they're more successful. I don't know. Maybe it hurts my focus. I don't, I don't really know. But I try to, um, I try to handle all sorts of things at one time. I multitask. I'm never not multitasking. So it, it's just me. That's who I am. And when I started that deal with Hunter Cole and then I moved on to my friend Lawrence Spar here in Phoenix, it's just me. And I'll probably do that forever. I mean, it's just it's like my calling. I feel comfortable doing it. I feel comfortable speaking in front of people. And, and I feel like they deserve the help. And if somebody can draw the attention, it's me. And, and that's just... That's just part of it. I don't think any of this should have any weight on the Moscone Cup at all. I just think that anybody in the spotlight that's an athlete or somewhat to it should be helping because they're, uh, you know, they're they're in the limelight, they're in the spotlight, and they're good role models for all sorts of people. And if we could get more of these players doing this, mm-hmm. it would be uh, greater for the game. It would just be greater for the game. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I, all, all I'm saying, the, the reason I bring it up with the, the, you know, I know you've done stuff with, with kids and you're doing, you've, you've done a lot of different things. And there's some things that I know that I'm not going to even talk about. That are, right, right. Um, yeah. But there's, I know there's a lot of things that, you, that you've done. And, uh, you know, we talk about having 
ambassadors and as much of a badass as you you look or appear to be to to a lot of people. Um, you, you've soft. got you, you've got yeah, you're a little bit soft and uh, yes, I am. You've got uh, uh, hard gold. Uh, but sure. I, I've, no, now, now I've said that and uh, the um, the captain's picks have have got to be a, a, a tough one. Uh, I I think. Dave, what, what's your what are your thoughts on the on the captain's picks? Because here's the thing, the, the, Mark almost has it kind of easy at this point, or easier, mm-hmm. because the top three are already going to get picked. Right. That, that's that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. And so you've got Shane. You've got to put Shane in there. You've got to. Um, Mike and Shane. You've got to put Mike Duchesne in there. Well, you don't. I guess you don't got to. But he is one of the top players in America, and um, well, the way that it is now, so he, he, he has, might earn his. He might earn he, he his own has, way in. He has a lot of fans, and Mark Wilson will get heat no matter what if he doesn't put him on there. It's like, oh, there you go, Mark Wilson. You screwed up. Why can you not put him on the team? Which mm-hmm. puts him in a spot. Well, right now, he, he, he's got a good chance of being on the team. Right. You know, he's got the first and the second. So those are two picks he doesn't got to worry about. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you've got, you, obviously, you've got somebody like Scott who's there. He's eligible. He's, and, and one of the other criteria Wilson was what, looking for was people will be participating and taking part. Mm-hmm. Scott's been taking well, part. One thing, I'm, I'm going to speak up, one thing about me is that a lot of people saw what I did with a team in bonus ball. Darren Appleton is a great player, and he's been pulling for me. And one thing I will say about myself is that I'm passionate, and I'm a team player. Uh, I, I, I make the team get real close. I'm, I'm all about family, and that's why I'm always helping people. And, and Darren has mentioned that uh, over and over that he thinks I'd be a great member for Team USA. And I'm not going to toot my own horn by any means, but I do believe that since I've never had a chance to make Team USA, and I've always been doing other things, that this is my opportunity. If I get picked, I can promise you one thing. We will have energy. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. So let, let's say there's you, there's Justin Bergman. Um, I'm just going by who's in the uh, points what's your thoughts on having, uh, well, I, I, I'm going to say, bringing a veteran, I, I know I'm, it sounds biased in one way or another, there's Earl Strickland, there's uh, obviously Corey, oh, sorry, Corey Duell. Corey Duell is right there in third place, right? Sure, sure. Corey Duell's right there. Um, you got Archer, Strickland. Well, we know, <laughs> oh, man, I tell you. Johnny Archer's, you know, Johnny Archer, in my opinion, is somebody that I mess with, mess with real well. Um, you know, I learned a lot from him in bonus ball, as far as being a team member and as far as as far as motivating the players. Uh, you know, Earl is a different species. Uh, I think Matthew <laughs> liked Earl just for his um, for his entertainment, and a lot of people liked it. You know, and I'm I'm speaking the truth. I personally love Earl. I know him one on one. He's a great person. But as far as people playing for Team USA, 
I like Johnny. I like Johnny Archer. And, uh, you know, I, I think our chemistry together is, is pretty much unmatched. We, you know, we traveled on the road together years ago. I lived at his house. Uh, I, I know Johnny real well and he means good. So as far as picked players, I like Johnny. I like Skyler Woodward. I like Justin Bergman. I know it's going to be a battle as far as, and I don't envy Mark Wilson's position at all. You know, he's, he's been helping me this whole way. He sends me messages, tells me to practice. I've done everything the man's asked me to do, and I'm going to continue to do it no matter what. And if I don't get picked, I think I've told you this, Mark, I'm going to be there for Team USA anyway. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I need to support, I need to support these guys. Yeah. I know. That was, uh, something that was, um, commendable, uh, I guess commendable, uh, yeah, I don't know if, Dave, if I told you this, that there was a, a, a miscommunication with Scott and myself, uh, recently, mm-hmm. uh, whereas I was texting him, uh, you know, I'm getting married right before the Moscone Cup at the Tropicana in, in Vegas. Uh, and that's obviously a choice that was made because a lot of people I know would be there, uh, already. And, yeah. Uh, would I uh, would it be able to invite? And so I sent Scott a text saying, "Hey, they get married. This is the day. This is the time. You know, like if you could make it." Scott and I have known each other for I don't know ten years, or may- maybe somewhere around that. And uh, you know, both live in Phoenix, work together, and all the stuff. Um, and he said, "I'd I'd, lo- I'd love to go." Sent me a text back saying, "I'd love to go, but." I'm going to go to the Moscone Cup. I'm going to the Moscone Cup uh, either way. Either if I'm on the team or I'm not, I'm going to go. I've got too much invested in this. I've got to go and support the team. Yeah. yeah. And I said, well, so let me get this straight. So I'm clear. You'd like to come to my wedding, but you can't because you're going to be going to the Moscone Cup. He said, yeah. I said, well, all right. We've got something mixed up here. Because just so you know, Mark Wilson, Ken Schumann, uh, I, I think he's going to be a referee. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, Don Wardell, the assistant coach, Archer, Appleton, they're all coming to the wedding and they're in the Moscone Cup. <laughs> and I got a text back. Oh, <laughs> shit. Text back. Oh, shit. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'll be there. I'm, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Right. <laughs> but but, the, but the, the point, the reason I'm saying it is to point out the fact that it, basically it was. I, I'd love to come to your wedding. We live in the same town. You know, right. There's no reason why you can't come to the wedding unless it's in right. Vegas. He thought, I guess you, you thought I was getting married in Phoenix somewhere. <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> but you prioritized with uh, the most funny couple, and I think that's something that's uh, appreciated by by people, uh, or, or should be appreciated by people. So we'll see. So we'll see what happens, you know? Right. Uh, you're right. Uh, Archer, the Strickland, this Bergman. Some people say Sky was too young. What, what, what do you? Let me ask Dave. What do you think, Dave? Do you think Sky was too young? Well, you know that's a, that is a good question. Um, I I don't think he's too young to do the job uh, physically, um, but you know as we've as we've discussed on this very program before, the. Um, the intimidation factor, the stress factor, the mental factor at the Moscone right. Cup is like no other. So there's a lot of places that you could succeed where in at the Moscone Cup you might 
fall on your face. So, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that that you know, sky is going to fall on his face. Um, what I'm saying is that right. uh, that being a new experience for him, you know, that's uh, is this the time and the place for the coach to take that risk on him? Because when it, you know, because what it comes down to, to be honest with you, you have to look at first of all, obviously the three guys that are going to qualify, see what they bring to the table. And then compare that to what you think the team needs to beat Europe, and make your selections based on that. What what do you need more of? That's right. You know, what do you need more of? Do you need shooters? Do you need you know, strategists? Do you need you know what? So, is Sky going to? I think he's. I think he's going to have to have some serious uh, cap ten uh, guidance from players. Yeah. Um, to 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 do well, I am. I know it's going to be overwhelming. Yeah, Scott, you've been into some high pressure, high dollar game. This is, a, but it's a different type of pressure. You're not sure. just playing for yourself and some money. You're playing for your country. You're paying for your friends. You're playing for your right. family and and your team. And so, right. and, and and the crowd is is ridiculous. Uh, you know, and so it's going to be a different type of pressure for you as well. And experience in being able to handle that is going to be everything. And I, I mean, I don't. I, I think Scal is a great player. I, I, I would just worry that with all the lights and the preparation and the, everything that goes on around it behind the scenes, well, that you yeah. don't see, it's going to I love, maybe distract you. I love Skyler, and Skyler and I are really good friends. And in a perfect world, I'd love it to be me, Skyler, Bergman, blah blah blah. Yeah. Uh, I think Skyler is going to be around for the next twenty, thirty years. So that's Mark's decision. I mean, I I think Skyler can handle any type of pressure. But like you say, he's he's new to the scene. Uh, there's no doubt Skyler will be in the Moscone Cup, whether it's this year, next year, right. year after that. I, I agree. Mean, right. It, I agree it, he's going to be a pretty close to a permanent fixture in American pool. Yeah, so. I would have to agree with that. Yeah, but I don't envy Mark Wilson having to uh, make that no. call, you know, because, you know, no. it it's it's painful enough to have to tell somebody that, you know, you're totally familiar with that, that you have to make the cut somewhere, but there's just simply not enough places on the team to get everything you want. You know, it, it, there like, really isn't. You know, you know. I, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, no, but I don't right. understand why they have five players. And and you know, in most sports, in most games, they would have. Wouldn't they have like two backup players? I, I've always wondered. Like, okay, you've got five players, and only picking five players. Mm-hmm. There's only going to be five players. Why wouldn't they have seven players to where if something happened during the match, they can substitute? Or right, like a pinch hitter. Right, or you know, I I just I, I figured that maybe it would be really cool if they ever came to that point where they could add two more players as substitutes, not on the roster, but if they needed to make a substitution, if there was an issue with the player, that you know had an issue with the other players during the event behind closed doors, and they needed to sub him, right. bring him down. Right, you know, I mean, I I I, I think there's a lot of pressure on having to pick. Five guys. Yes, I, I I agree. I agree with you, Scott. Yes. That, that every other sport does have that backup substitute kind of thing. 
and we've got to be thankful that Matchroom do what they do and put what the money they put into sure, these things. Sure. And what you just said equates to a sixty thousand dollar decision. Right, right. I, I understand that. You know, two two players getting twenty thousand on the winning side, and two players getting ten thousand on the losing well, side. I would figure the substitutes could, uh, you know, they could they could work for a lesser amount. <laughs> Yeah. You know, but you sure. know, I, I know it's complicated, and, and trust me, I wanted to say this too. I've talked to Luke Richards a little bit, and I haven't had the opportunity to meet Barry Hearn. But Matchroom, from what I see, and it's unfortunate they're not here in America, but from what I see, they are by far the most professionally run syndicate and pool that there is. And yeah. uh, I just wish and pray someday that we have something even close to them in America. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Because the key is putting on TV, putting pull on TV um, is a huge boon. It's absolutely awesome to do that for the industry. But it's all about the production value and the context in which everything is presented, you know, and then, of course, the the editing after the fact. So the finished product that is that you watch that somebody watches on television on for the Moscone Cup program, that's top-notch stuff as far as pool is concerned. And that's, Absolutely. You know, that's why they're good at it, because they do a good job at it. So you're right. We'd be, right. We'd be blessed to have somebody do that with pool in the United States, because the game is not any more boring than golf or, you know, uh, you know, or uh, indie racing, or bowling, or, you know, something, these lengthy things that go on. Right. It's not any, you know, more or less boring than that it's all about what they do as far as the footage the coverage you know the commentating and all that stuff as the package goes they've done an outstanding that's job right. that's you know that's the, sure the gold sure standard <laughs> so anyway yeah to go, to, to go to go and actually watch as a as a pool fan whether I, I don't care if you're a, a professional pool player or you're on the inside of the pool world and and that kind of thing, going and, and seeing and the atmosphere and all the things that go on around the Moscow. Because you see, this is broadcast live over all over Asia and Europe, mm-hmm. and then yeah. it gets sold off to I think Fox Sports or something like that uh, afterwards. But I can I can yeah. tell you if I don't make the team, if I don't make the team, and I'm there. Every every uh, ball pocketed will be painful for me. It's going to hurt because I want to be in that. I want to be in that arena. But I guarantee you, I'm going to be there supporting the team, and it's going to be awesome to see this venue. I'm yes. excited for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a just a cool experience. Just like even when they take commercial breaks, they've got big screen TVs around, and you can see what's going on in between. Uh, with the commercials, and then they show different things, hyping up the crowd. Up on the big screen right, at the right. same time. It's a, it, I advise anybody who's got the ability to get to the Moscone Cup to go. Just go once. Go once. And well, I hear they're about sold out too. So I, I think I think they're. I don't know if they're sold out, but I think they're they're getting up there. Um, uh, yeah, like seven hundred tickets or eight hundred tickets. I think Mark, Mark yeah. said recently. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing doing real good. Uh, But if you go once, my uh, soon-to-be wife, Jessica, she's not a pool player. She knows pool. 
thing is, she she don't, I always say this. She uh, she knows pool, but she knows all the top players. You know, right. she doesn't know any normal pool players, and and so she that's the only experience she's had, and right. she doesn't even like pool. Right. And she goes to Moscone Cup, and she's like, make sure you get the tickets for Moscone Cup for next next time they're in America. Sure. Make sure, sure you go for and for a non pool fan to want to to want to try and get those tickets. It says a lot for the for the event on. What it does for, for Paul, you know. Sure does. Yeah, so, it does. Um, I, I tell you, I don't know. Do you have any questions, Dave? Do you have anything more for Mister Frost? I think he's sat in his truck outside a pool room, getting ready to go back and practice. <laughs> <laughs> I actually am. I didn't want. I didn't want it to be noisy, so I was practicing this break, and um, uh, I'm sitting out in the truck. But I'm. I really appreciate you guys' time, and it's nice to meet you, Dave. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for uh, getting with us. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to say best of luck to you for uh, the U.S. Open. Uh, you know, if you oh, I appreciate it. can get, get it together, then uh, maybe you can earn your way on. And if not, then Wilson will keep his eyes peeled for you, you know. So either way. I think I, I, Scott, Scott came, I think you came sixth. Is that your highest finish of the U.S. Open? What, what's that? Your highest finish of the U.S. Open. You came in sixth one year, didn't you? Fifth, sixth, yeah, I was up. I was up eight to one or eight to two on Ralph's to pay, and I never decided to make mm-hmm. the final four. Yeah. Cool, cool. <laughs> Would you like to thank anybody real quick? Any sponsors? Anything like that? Uh, no, I just I, I I don't need to thank my sponsors. I do that enough. I I, I want to thank Mark Wilson. I do want to thank him for all the work and things he does for pool. And I want to yeah. thank all the players for uh, for working hard and trying to make the team. I want to thank Matchroom. I think Matchroom's doing a great thing. So, you know, I think I think uh, all together it's going to be a success no matter what. Good, good, good. Okay, good. well, I I will see you there no matter what. All right, buddy. Yep, I'm hoping to, well, be, to see you there too. So we'll keep our eyes peeled for you. All right, Dave, sounds good. Cool. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, that's Scott Frost. There you go. He's uh, one of the contenders for the uh, Moscone Cup. 2015 edition, and uh, you know we got some information. We got his inside thoughts of uh, where he thinks things lay, so to speak. You know, I guess it's hard, Dave, isn't it? To to at this point, we say there's still one event left, yeah, and it's still so uncertain. You'd think that we'd have more of a clue of what the team would look like. No. It could go, other than Shane, it could go anywhere at this point with all those guys, the top contenders, so close in their numbers that uh, just literally anything could happen at this point. They could totally scramble themselves. Yeah. I think I'm going to, uh, next week I think I'm going to have, uh, get Luke Riches, or one of the two from Matchroom. Yeah. On and see what their thoughts are on where things are. Is this what they envisioned mm-hmm. when they set these um, not qualifiers a point system up with the places that they set them up? Right. You know, right? Uh, the bar box tables, you know, there's all that controversy and and that kind of thing. Yeah. But see, is this where you expected it to be? Because really, if I was a promoter of this event. I'd like to see these kind of, you know, it's getting exciting. You know, things, 
yeah, we got one guy running away with it, but we also got a, a group of six other players mm-hmm. who were really tight and close. It's a points race. Right, it really is. It really is. And, you know, I to be honest with you, I'd like to know uh, what, how much Matchroom knows about the Fargo rate system and what their standing is on on that system and if they have any intention to use it in the future for, for uh, you know, selecting their teams. So, you know. Well, that would have, have to be in the future, wouldn't it, to use that? Sure. Well, it'd have to be next year. It'd have to be part of next year. Though. Right, right. No, I, I don't think we could use it. No, it would not be going on this year. I just, I'm just <laughs> talking about the future. Right, exactly. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed this show. As usual, we tend to ramble from time to time. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, if you listen in long enough, you got some information, some good information uh, about what's upcoming, what's going on now, and uh, the step pool in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Mark Kentrell. I've been joined. I've joined Dave Bond mm-hmm. of American Billiard Radio. This is the Legends and Champions Report, brought to you by Neil Garage Cabinets of Mesa, Arizona. Dave, have a good week, and we will see you all next week. <laughs>